Hello, my dear friends. I'm so glad to be speaking with you again. It means so much to me to be able to do so. It reminds me that, while sometimes I move through your world and am met with revulsion and terror, there are those of you who appreciate my presence, who perhaps, dare I say, feel a sense of love and kinship with me. Oh, my dear friends, even the possibility of this is wonderful. When I bring change on this world and make my presence known far and wide, when my dark stranger and I take our thrones and revise what this world is and what it can be, I hope you will make yourselves known to me. You will hold an esteemed place in our court. I promise. I am taking steps towards this. It will take a long, long time. But there are things at work. I have introduced myself to several cities and towns. As I said, most have been merely afraid. The ones who have met me with aggression or who have escalated things with weapons or armed force as well. They have been pacified, let's just say that. Perhaps defeated. I don't want to hurt any of you. You must understand. I just want to walk around. In the old world, this was simple. I could meet whomever I chose. I could meet a whole village if I liked. Word didn't spread faster than I did back then. Now, while word of my approach often preempts me, I have to be tactical, clever. Luckily, I am those things. I should like to have more protection. I have, at the moment, my beloved and myself. We are enough. But it would be nice to have a bodyguard of protectors. One day I will. When I am... Shall I call it queen? I think I will. That may have to come later. For now I just have to be vigilant. At any rate, I have a story. Of course. A story about a man who fell in love with a strange woman. He was a hunter. He lived on his own in a tiny cabin in the woods where he kept everything he needed to make his living. Firearms to hunt, a myriad of knives and devices for skinning and carving. His hunting made him able to live completely off the land, and what he couldn't catch he could buy from the money he'd make after selling his catch. It was a simple life one that he was content with. He lived alone, and the animals he hunted were his only companions. One evening, he was returning home with a huge stag to eat for dinner, and whose antlers would earn him a good price back in town. Just as he reached his cabin, he heard something behind him, growling. Once he turned, he saw a huge wolf behind him, 
just watching him patiently in the snow. Likely he had followed the smell of blood and was after the stag. The hunter, however, knew that a wolf pelt like this could earn him enough to live on for a month. Not breaking eye contact with the wolf, he lowered the stag's body to the ground and spun the rifle on his back around to his hands, aiming it at the animal. Suddenly it took off into the woods, perhaps thinking better of scavenging here. But the hunter wanted its hide. He chased after it. The light had died that day and the night was dark and freezing, but he'd shot down a wolf in worse before. He caught glimpses of the creature between the trees, but it was outrunning him. Picking up his pace, he raised his rifle so that it would be ready to fire the second the animal came back into view. Suddenly, however, the dense forest of trees seemed to disappear as he ran into a clearing. It was a perfect circle, made by trees, and the snow across the ground was perfect, level, undisturbed. Which is why it seemed impossible that there was a woman standing right in its center. She must have been freezing. She wore a simple, long white gown with no shoes, no coat. Her long black hair fell over her shoulders and stood starkly against the white snow. Her eyes were on him as soon as he fell into the clearing, and she didn't move. She barely seemed to blink. He asked her if she was all right, if she'd seen any wolves as she'd been attacked. She just shook her head. Looking at her bare feet and hands and feeling the chill in the air, he offered her his hand. Come home with me, he offered. You can stay warm by the fire. She took his hand. She followed him home. He spoke to her and got to know her. Where was she living? In a cabin of her own, deeper into the woods, miles and miles from here. She had got lost. Did she have any family? Any friends? She didn't answer. His heart broke for this woman who surely would have died had he not found her that night, whether it was at the jaws of a hungry wolf or from the bitter cold that had come far too early this November. And his heart broke, too, for her beauty, her strangeness, her silence. He was fascinated with her. And when she asked to stay a little longer, he was happy. And he grew to love her, and she grew to love his company, too. And so she stayed. They were in love. He wanted her by his side, always, and she seemed content to live in this cabin in the woods with him. They lived together for about one year, happy and peaceful. Every night she would sing the same sad song as the fire died, and she looked out the window at the moon. Run from your home, child, run to the wood. The moon is full and bright. I wait for you there in the heart of the wood. 
So run to me there tonight Though it's cold and dark in the heart of the wood I will be your warmth and light So run from your home, child, run to the wood Run to me there tonight. It would lull the hunter to sleep, and he dreamed only of her. And his waking thoughts were only of her and her beautiful voice, her strange countenance and her sad disposition. She didn't ask for much, but she did have one specific request. Do not hunt the wolves in the woods. You can have your deer, rabbits, foxes, coyotes, birds, even a large cat if you can find one. But do not harm the wolves in the woods. He agreed, and he found it easy enough to avoid them. Until one night, specifically one week before the one-year anniversary of her coming home to live with the hunter, he came home with a cart full of his kill, and, waiting outside his front door, just sitting and staring at the door, he saw a large male wolf. He cocked his rifle, and, hearing this, the wolf turned to him and snarled, then took off to the other side of the cabin. He ran inside and locked the door. My love, you must be sure to stay inside tonight he told the woman as she was sitting by the fire reading. There's a wolf circling the house. I'll go out and find it. She had been humming her song before he came in, but now she stopped. She turned to him, a fire in her eyes. You'll not kill a wolf on my behalf. Remember your promise. He tried to reason with her. It was clearly stalking them, and this was a large and powerful one. But she would not consent. No matter what, she asserted, you must not kill a wolf. And so he didn't. By day the wolf was gone and he could go hunt. But upon his return the next night, there were two of them, sitting calmly outside the house one at each window this time. He had his rifle ready just in case and trained them on each of them. But when he reached the door, they didn't move to attack. They just watched him. Shutting the door behind him, he heard that lovely song being hummed again by the woman at the fire. There are two now, he told her, setting his rifle down and sitting at his table. There's a pack of them somewhere. They may attack. They won't, she said calmly, turning a page. And you mustn't either. He sat with his head in his hands, not comprehending why she had this rule. He wanted to protect himself, but more importantly, he wanted to protect her. He'd never had a family before, and she meant more to him than anything. The next night, three wolves waited. The night after that, five. Then eight. By the time a week had passed, there were a dozen 
sitting, watching the house, waiting. But tonight, they were wagging their tails. They didn't pay any attention to the hunter whatsoever as he dropped his kill in the shed, went carefully to the door, and stepped inside. He didn't hear the humming. The fire had died, and he couldn't find the woman anywhere. He called for her, and she didn't answer. Terrified that the worst had happened, he held tight to his gun, looking around for any sign of where she might have gone. Then, from outside the cabin, outside the window, he heard her singing her song. I wait for you there in the heart of the wood, so run to me there tonight. He pressed his hands against the glass of the window, shouting at her to quickly come inside. But she didn't look up. I'll be your warmth and She was instead walking among the wolves, passing so each of them. from your home, child, run to the wood. Run to me there tonight. And as she did, she would scratch their ears or caress their necks or show them some other gesture tonight. of affection. And as she did so with each of them, They would pant or wag their tails more or roll over for her, like dogs. He watched this, a sinking feeling in his gut. He wasn't sure what was going on, but he knew that something was very wrong. He went up to the front door and opened it. He faced her, holding the rifle up, shaking. Don't be frightened, my love she said, taking a step towards him. He didn't move the rifle. You've been alone for so long. I've come to give you a gift. The wolves outside started howling. The sound was all around the cabin, unceasing and unrelenting. Not afraid of the gun, she walked right up to the hunter. He shook even more now, tears in his eyes. She kissed him once and then leaned into his ear. Suddenly she bit it, hard, enough to draw blood. He winced and then she pulled away from him, her eyes yellow and keen as she whispered, One of the pack, one of our own, one of the pack, one of our own, one of the pack. Over and over in a strange chant. This made the wolves howl even more loudly. He didn't realize it, but there was a full moon tonight, as there had been the first night he met her. He doubled over in pain, groaning and crying out as his body began to change. He fell to the ground as his body began to shrink in some places, stretch in others. Bones broke and mended themselves instantly in different shapes. He was almost in shock at the pain of his metamorphosis. But she... His woman, his love, knelt beside him, caressing, comforting, cajoling. She spoke to him, saying, My dear one, my lonely hunter, I meant every minute we spent together this last year. I will always be yours, and you will always be mine. And now, 
You are part of a family. You have brothers. You have twelve brothers, all of whom love me as much as you. And we shall all protect each other. You are one of us now. Rejoice, my love. He continued to understand everything she said, even once he had changed from a man into a wolf. The pain was gone. His eyes were keen. He could smell everything and immediately identify it. At first he whimpered in fear, but when she scratched his large ears and stroked his fur, he began to feel better. And when his twelve new brothers came in to greet him, he felt he belonged. He felt that the one thing in his life that mattered now was to walk the night with his woman. To protect her. To protect his pack. And he did. They left the cabin and went into the woods, and suddenly the freezing wind was not painful to him with his beautiful new coat. Run to the wood, he heard in his mind from the song she had sang to him every night. Run from your home, run to the wood. He did. He took off into a run. And his brothers, howling and barking at his side, gleefully took off with him. They were once men like him who had loved their mistress, and now lived to protect her and each other. Oh, the freedom of the night, the power of the pack, and the sight of his woman running just as fast as her wolves her eyes glowing in the night. This was freedom. This was life. Running through the woods, under the moon, in the dead of night. Running to the wood. She could have taken over the world like this. Offering love and protection and generosity. In exchange only for the same things. Something to think about in the time to come. I should like a family like that. A pack of my own. So that I can run free in the night, too. Just like her. We'll see you, won't we? Good night, my friends. Hello everyone, thanks so much for stopping by and joining me for episode 41 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is Kristen, your writer, podcaster, ghostly voice in your ears extraordinaire. Um, I hope you guys have been doing well. First off, thank you time. Uh, this week I wanted to say thanks to Casey Chaplin, who recommends the show on Facebook, saying, Awesome cast, awesome writing, and awesome performance. Thanks so much, Casey. So glad you're digging what we do over here. I'm going to shout out Casey a little more for a second here. Um, I met Casey at Horrorama this year. Uh, he has an awesome podcast called Horror Shots. He interviewed me while we were at Horrorama for the podcast, actually, his podcast, along with other independent artists there. And uh, it was a really lovely, awesome piece. So please give Horror Shots a subscribe and a listen. 
He's a fantastic horror photographer and writer as well. You can check out all of these incredible things he does at horrorshots.com. That's H-O-R-R-O-R-S-H-O-T-S dot com. Thanks again, Casey. If you're interested in helping out on a dark, cold night, you can leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podknife, or leave us some kind words on Facebook, Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, or Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. You can also help by listening on the Radio Public app, which is free for you to use, and every listen counts towards your podcaster being paid for their work. Finally, you can also support the show on Patreon or Coffee which would really mean the world to me as an artist and writer. The show is and always will be free, but any financial support you can give would be so appreciated. You can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight, or on coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. I'm looking into releasing some fun extra stuff for Patreon patrons, so get in on that now if you're interested. More to come on that later. Thank you very much for stopping by and listening this week. It feels good to be back on a normal schedule with this show. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Take care. <laughs>